0: Welcome to Anil Arana Live. Recorded live during his missions around the world, these podcasts feature audio sermons and reflections from internationally renowned preacher and retreat leader, Anil Arana. For more audio podcasts, video sermons, and articles, please visit www.pagesideweb.org or www.anilarana.com.
1: We're going to continue our series on the Word of God and we're also going to continue our series on healing. I know that many of you have gone for many healing seminars in the past. I know you've gone for many healing retreats in the past. I know you're here for this one. What I would like to do today is to understand that God's healing is available to you at all times wherever you might be and wherever you may go. Say amen. And when you discover the word of God and what God says about healing, I hope that you will start putting what you learn into practice. As somebody did last week, there was a lady who was watching uh, me on TV and she had a son who was burning up with fever and he had a cold and a cough. And as I started praying, she said, let me also put my hand on him and pray. And by the time she finished the prayer, you know what happened? The boy was healed. Praise the Lord. Lord. I want everybody to have a testimony. I know a lot of people were healed, but there is this sense of shyness within us, which I don't understand. But whenever God does something for you, acknowledge it. And that is part of the way in which you get healings in the future too. Now I'm going to teach you about a dozen different ways in which we can release God's healing power. We can release it through repentance, that's primary. We can release it through our own faith, that is secondary. We can release it through the faith of others. We can release it through other people's prayers. We can release it in many different ways and we're gonna look at each one. And we're gonna look at each one by you opening your Bibles to scripture. So how about you do that right away to, one, uh, to 2 Chronicles <clears throat> chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14.
0: If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land.
1: Very good can you read it again please and can we all read it together now.
0: If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal heal their land.
1: Everything begins with repentance. Everything. Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And all faith, all healing, all deliverance, all blessings begins from there. Everybody knows that already, right? Jesus said, how does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? And I wonder, how does it profit us to be in perfect physical health, but to suffer for all eternity. So the first healing that we always should seek before anything is the healing of the soul which basically means we seek salvation so that we can go to heaven. Now most of us have that here because we're all believers. And those who are not believers yet will soon become believers, I believe. For the believer, it is therefore important to reconcile ourselves constantly with God. That repentance is not something you do only once, it's something that you do constantly because sickness results from sin. If there wasn't sin, there wouldn't be sickness in the world today. So, if we are to stop being sick, the first thing we need to do is to stop sinning. Unfortunately, the church has offered us something wonderful by the sacrament of confession. Have you heard of that? How many of you make it? Don't raise your hands. I don't want to embarrass anybody today. How many of you make it? Because if you don't make it and you receive communion, you could actually be increasing the sickness within you. And not many people do that. And how do I know they don't do that? Is because every week when I sit in church, I see St. Mary's packed to the brim. I see almost every single person getting up at the time of communion and going and receiving the Eucharist. But when I turn over to the confessional, I find about 10 people standing over there. And I think, wow, Dubai must be a very holy place. But I know as much as you do that Dubai is anything but holy. And we have opportunities to sin constantly and most of us are sinning. So why are people receiving Jesus in the Eucharist without examining their conscience first? And you know what happens when you receive Jesus without examining your conscience? Listen very carefully. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 27 onwards That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 27 onwards. Listen to me now. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. And now listen to what scripture says next. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. I had a Protestant friend once, a born again guy who said, I don't think you Catholics really believe the Eucharist is the body of Christ. Because if you did, you would all live holy lives. And I couldn't help but say, yes, we we would. We would all live lives of purity, of holiness. Lives pleasing to God. Because how can you receive God in a temple that is unholy? And yet we go forward, week after week, without even examining our conscience to see if anything we have done is displeasing to God. And God says, you're going to fall sick. You expect healing, you're not going to get healing from me if you come to me unworthily. And would God really do that? Let somebody forsake. Listen to what Paul writes after this. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. God wants to save us. God wants to save us for eternity. And he's saying when you come to receive me in Holy Communion, examine yourself and if you find that you have willfully committed sins, make sure you go and make your confession. Now there are a lot of people who say, but don't we make the penitential right before we say every service? Don't we say I confess to Almighty God and to you my brothers and sisters and the rest of it that applies Only to sins that are venial. 1 John, you will find a mention, don't open your Bibles, you'll find a mention of sins that lead to death, and there are sins that don't lead to death. And the sins that lead to death are mortal sins that need to be confessed to a priest from whom you get the absolution that Jesus wants you to have. And when you have that, you go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I have examined myself. I have found myself short. I accept you now, and I promise you, the moment Jesus comes to you in a holy temple, he will heal you. Because if that has the power to make you sick, you can imagine the power it has to heal you All of you look shocked beyond imagination. And you know what? I am more shocked that you wouldn't know something like this after all these years. But it is better you know it now than never. No? Say yes, please. So what's the first thing you're going to do? You'll be running for confession now. Because if I'm in St. Mary's and I find that you're getting up to go communion and you're passing me by, I'm going to pinch you. And I'm going to ask you, did you discern? We want the easy way out for everything, do we not? We want everything to be done for us. Oh God, say the word and I will be healed. And that's what we say before we go to receive communion. Do this and then say, say the word and see what God does with you. That's number one. Through repentance. Say, through repentance. repentance. Okay, now we come to the second one. Through faith. Now there are two aspects of faith. One is our own faith, and the second is the faith of others. We're going to look at both individually. First, we're going to look at our own faith. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse. Go on, read it.
0: Everything is po- If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything
1: is possible for one who believes. Do you believe? Are you sure? One day there was this this woman who was bleeding. She'd been bleeding for years. And she heard about this man called Jesus. So she ran after him he was on his way to um, be with a child who had already died and she approached him and said, if only I can touch his cloak, I will be healed. Can you imagine the faith that it took that woman? She must have been for doctors, after doctors, she must have seeked medical treatment of every possible kind And finally she finds that about this man who, she just has tremendous faith and even though she may not have known him very well. And look at her words again, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. And she touched his cloak and what happened? Jesus turned to her and said, your faith has healed you. You know, when I started today's talk, I, um, I said something I say very often. And in fact, every prayer meeting you go to, you'll find the preacher saying these words too. When two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Have you heard it? Uh, you heard me saying it today for sure. So Jesus is here, right? I told you to look at him with the eyes of your heart. And I told him that if your heart has any kind of love, you will not only be able to see him, you will be able to touch him. I'm sure some of you went and thought, hey, I, I don't see anything. Forget about touching the guy, I can't even see him. If you believe that God is here, it is your faith that tells you that he is here. And if you have the faith that he is here, then just let your heart reach out and see him. Let your heart reach out and touch him. And the moment you touch him with faith, what's going to happen? His power is going to flow out of him into you just as it flowed out of him into this woman 2,000 odd years ago. Say amen. The third thing, I'm going to go through this a little fast because I want to finish as much as I can and then I want to lead us in some time of ministry. The third thing is the faith of others, okay? Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9 verses 1 to 2.
2: Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven.
1: When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw the faith that they had, yeah, which means it might be debatable how much faith the man had in this question, in this story. But the other friends of his had so much of faith that they took this man to Jesus. Now, I just want you to picture this, all right? Imagine you're this guy, okay? Okay and you've been paralyzed for the longest time and nothing's happening in your life. Four friends come and say, hey, there's this dude in town. His name is Jesus. Why don't we go and meet him? Why don't we go and talk to him and he might heal you? And you're a skeptic, you don't really believe because you've tried this so many times. You've tried this over years, seeking help and nothing has helped you. But these four friends are really your friends And they say, no, 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 this man can really do something. Let's go. So they kind of bundle you up to make a stretcher for you. And they go to this house where Jesus is. They can't enter the house. Why? Because every single person in town who's sick is in the house knowing that Jesus is going to heal them. These four friends are not daunted. They say, if we can't get through the door, we can get through the roof. So they climb up. Imagine for another moment that you're this guy in the stretcher, all right? As it is, you're paralyzed. They're climbing up with you on the roof. They're going to drop you down and break your neck. And what do you say? I'd rather be paralyzed than have my neck broken. Four guys say, shut up, be quiet. They get on the roof and they start taking the tiles off from the roof. Imagine you're the owner of this house. You know, the Bible is like that. It does... The strangest things to your head. And you're there praying, saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, you see light coming through the door, moonlight. And you think, wow, the Holy Spirit is working. And then you see there are more things being taken out. And four heads are peeping down. (laughs) You think they stop? Yeah? You don't want to disturb anything, but... You see, they're making the hole bigger and bigger. And then you see this man being lowered down in the stretcher, okay? And you say, I've seen all things in my life, I've never seen anything like this. And the man comes right down in front of Jesus, and Jesus says to the people first, he's impressed with them, and then he turns to the guy and says, your sins are forgiven, pick up your mat and walk and the man picks up his mat and walks. How many of you have friends? Please say you have friends. Are any of your friends sick? How many of them did you bring with you? You know today was gonna be a healing session, right? Why didn't you bring them? Because you want healing only for yourself? They don't matter to you? Or did you think you might bring them here and they will not be healed and they will think you're an idiot? What do you think went on in these four people's minds? All the drama they did to take this guy to Jesus. What do you think was going on in their minds all this time? You think they doubted for a single moment that Jesus was going to heal him? They didn't doubt at all. They wouldn't have done what they did if they doubted. And as we learned last week, when you pray, believe that you've received it and it is yours. Whatever you ask for, it is yours. I'm making you read the word of God. I'm making you open the word of God so that you can see it written in black and white. This is what happened. Because faith comes from that. From knowing that these things that you're talking about are real. That they happened 2,000 years ago. And if they happened 2,000 years ago, they can happen now. Because you know what? Jesus Christ is the same. Say it. Yesterday. Today. And forever. And we might change as we do. But he will not change. And heaven and earth might pass away. But his word will always remain firm. And every single thing that you're going to read today. You have to understand this is the word of God. It is not the word of human mortal. And when God gives his word about something, he keeps it because he is the God of his word. Faith comes from hearing it. Faith comes from reading it. Mark your Bibles today. Mark your Bibles today. Go home, open your Bibles to where you've marked and said, Lord, this is what you said. That is what I taught you last week. So, Lord, this is your word. Ask God to honor His promises and then just wait believing that He will honor what He has said. It is that easy. It really is that easy. So what have we learned so far? One, through repentance. Two, through our faith. Three, and four, I'm going to talk to you about how the prayers of others help. But I need to take you to scripture again. So please open your Bibles to James 5.16.
2: Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.
1: The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, whenever there is a preacher in town, I've noticed that many of us make a beeline for that preacher. How many of you do that? Don't raise your hands. It is a good thing to ask for prayers. Why? Because the prayers of a righteous man are effective and the powerful. And God listens to a righteous man because the righteous man is listening to God. Would you agree? You know, if you're my friend and you keep doing everything for me, then, you know, wouldn't I feel like repaying the favor? And God is kind of like that. You know, he says, you're an obedient guy, so I will listen to you. In Acts chapter 9, we find a woman called Tabitha. Okay, she was also called Dorcas. She dies. Okay. Now, when a person is dead, what do you do? Bury the person, right? But there were people in this town who heard of a guy called Peter, who was a righteous man, who was a man who believed in Jesus. And there was a man who worked many signs and miracles. So they went and they said, you know, Tabitha's dead. Would you please come? And he goes to Tabitha's house and Tabitha, of course, is lying on a bed, dead. So he drops to his knees and he prays to God. And then he says, Tabitha, wake up. And you know what happens? Tabitha wakes up. I wonder what everybody else said, ghost. Think about it, I mean it's pretty weird, no? Yeah? You're burying somebody, having a mass for him in church and all of a sudden the guy pops out of the coffin and says, hi everybody. (laughs) So that's what Tabitha did. The reason I said this is the prayers of a righteous man are effective. Now last week we prayed over all of you. Today what I'm going to do is ask you to pray over everybody else. I don't know how many of you are righteous here, but I believe that if we tell God we're sorry, he makes us righteous. So the first thing we want us to do is to do that in advance. You make your confession tomorrow. But for the sake of the person you're praying over, I want you to tell God, God, make me a holy instrument, make me a channel of your power and your peace. You know one of the reasons why I stay holy? is because of you guys here. Because I care about you. And I don't want anything to stop the blessings coming to you because of me. One of the reasons I stay close, close to God is because I want every single one of you to be blessed. If not for yourself, how about you do it for somebody else? How about you do it for your spouses? How about you do it for your children? How about for their sake, for the blessings that God is going to release in their lives, you start to live a holy life. Because God listens to the prayer of a righteous man. That's number four, or is it number five? Number five, through the name of Jesus. Say through the name of Jesus. Jesus. John 14, 13 to 14. Okay, I'm just going to read this for you. It'll save a lot of time. Okay. This happens after Jesus makes one of the greatest promises in the Bible. And this is a promise that I've told you so often you should memorize it by heart. Jesus one day goes to the apostles and he says, If anyone has faith in me, he will do what I have been doing. Indeed, he will do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And then he says, listen to this. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Can I repeat that for you? Will you repeat it after me? I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. One quick story. It's a great story. All these stories are great. One day Peter and John were on the way to the temple to pray and on the way they saw a man, you know, and he was crippled. And he was there with a the begging bowl and he kind of looked at them thinking they would, he would give them money, you know. That's what people or beggars do. Peter stops, as does his friend, and they turn to this guy and look him straight in the eye. And they say, silver or gold, I have none, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up. And walk. And you know what the man did? He stood up and walked. Is the power in the name of Jesus? How come there's power in the name? I have a lot of personal testimonies to share and I'm so tempted to share them, but I don't want to talk about anything personal today. I want you to understand the Word of God as the Word of God stands, and to see the miracles that worked in the Bible, so I'm not gonna share anything personal today. But trust me when I tell you that I have hundreds of stories about how people have done things when they have been commanded in the name of Jesus. Now once again, whatever you're learning here today is not just for your edification, it is for you to put into practice. So when you go out there in the faith that hopefully God is building in you, I need you to take, talk to people and say, in the name of Jesus, be whatever and believe that it will be. The reason I spoke about that woman is because that woman had nothing to do with me. She just exercised her own faith in Jesus. And believe that when she put her hand on her son, Jesus would listen to her. And that is what I want you to start doing. And once you see that Jesus actually listens to what you do, you will do more and more of it. Say amen. Amen. Let's all stand up for a minute, stretch those legs and give God a hallelujah. Close your eyes and be quiet for a moment. Think about what God's trying to say to you now here. As we learned last week, We all have an element of faith. But there's also an element of disbelief in everyone who's present here. So be like the man in the story we read. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And once we confess that, God gives us more faith in him. God gives us more faith in what he's capable of doing. But ask him for faith that is even beyond. Anything you can comprehend, ask him for complete faith like the apostles, like Paul and like Peter. And like all those great men and women who marched upon this earth 2,000 years ago in such great power and might. In such wonderful purity and holiness. Ask God for that. Everything he does here is To bring people home and he will use you in ways you cannot even imagine if you tell God, God give me that kind of faith. The faith that will make me go out not for the sake of working miracles Lord but for the sake of drawing people home to you and your kingdom. Say that to Jesus now in the silence of your hearts and listen to what he says to you in return. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Please be seated. You know what God revealed to me as we were praying? He said a lot of you were very disturbed at the first way we get healing. He said a lot of you were made so uncomfortable you stopped listening to anything I said after that. I just want to ask you one question. Would you have rather I not said it? I not told you about confession and communion and the relation between them. Answer me honestly. Would you rather I have not told you? Are you sure? Lay it down. I spoke about that point lay it down it is past do what needs to be done move forward okay everybody I need you to listen because there's great stuff I had okay now what point are we at yeah we did five didn't we we're gonna do six now through the laying of hands In the end of the Gospel of Mark, we find Jesus giving a commission to his disciples. He says, go into the whole world and preach the good news. He's giving you that commission too. Now listen to what happens. He says, everyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will do this. And in my name, they will do that. And in my name, they will do all these wonderful things. And in verse 18, he says, in my name. Even snakes can bite them and they will not be harmed and they can drink poison and nothing will touch them. And they said they will lay their hands on the heads of people and they will be healed. Anyone who believes? Do you believe? Yes. You're going to start laying hands now. Today you're going to practice. Do you believe the person you lay your hand on is going to be healed? Yes. All right, what awesome bunch of people you are. Good. Now this happened to Paul in Acts 28. Now this is a story I'm pretty sure you haven't heard before. He was on the island of Malta and he was at the beach with these guys who were very friendly and maybe they were having a barbecue or whatever and they decided to make a bonfire. And Paul was helping out. He's not one of these leaders who kind of sits back and lets everybody do the hard work and enjoys the meat afterwards. He was helping to put the sticks on the bonfire and there was a snake. Because of the heat, it kind of jumped out of the fire and came to rest on Paul. Everybody thought Paul... (laughs) Well, you know what Paul did? Nothing. He just kind of brushed the snake, threw it back into the fire. Nothing happened to him. So what happens to Paul? From becoming a guy everybody's suspicious of, he becomes a kind of superhero. So the village guy invites him over to the house to have a meal. He stays with him for three days. And this guy, um, um, Publius, I think his name was. I think they called him Poop for short. Uh, pub. Don't name your kids names like this. Right? His father became sick. Right? So, what did Paul do? He went to Publius' father, Pub's father. He laid his hand on Pub's father. And what happened to Pub's father? He became well. What happened after that? Every person in the village at Paul's door. Please lay your hand on me and pray for me. What did Paul do? He put his hand on everybody, prayed for everybody. What happened to the people? Everybody was healed. Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't you like to be like that? What do you need to do? What? No, 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 no. You need to be holy people. Say holy people. Holy people. You need to be pure people. Say pure people. pure people. You need to be people who don't sin. Say people who don't sin. Who don't sin. And when are you going to start next week? When are you going to start? Right now? now? You sure? You too? All right, point number seven. Now you love this, okay? And this one I need you to read from the Bible. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Say "Through through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now somebody very quickly open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and read from 4 to 7 very, very fast. 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 4 to 7. Alright, hang on, hang on, hang on. Take the mic. Alright, no, take. Give, give him the mic.
2: There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God, who produces all of them in everyone. To each Individual, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the same benefit. To one is given to the spirit the expression of wisdom. To one is given wisdom. To another the expression of knowledge. To Acco- another knowledge. According to the same spirit. To another faith. By to another same. faith. To another gift of healing. To another, gifts of healing. To another, mighty deeds. To another, mighty deeds, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment of spirits. To another, discernment of spirits. To another, variety of tongues. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. To another, interpretation of
1: tongues. Then, read this final statement loudly.
2: But one and the same spirit produce produces all of these Distributing them individually to each person as he wishes Distributing to each
1: person as he wishes. Are you a believer? You've already got one of these gifts. You've already got one of these gifts You have God's word not my word. you've already got one of these gifts. You're already a prophet You're already a miracle worker. You're already somebody you can work in faith. You're already somebody you can prophecy You're already somebody you can heal You're already someone who can speak in tongues. You're already someone who can interpret tongues. You're someone who can discern between spirits. God has given at least one of these gifts to every one of you. But you don't know. We're going to change this. How are we going to change this? You're going to go and you're going to read the word. You're going to open your Bibles to this. You're going to say, Lord, which one of these gifts is mine? And who knows? You have been given a gift of healing. And there are people lying sick all over the place. People are struggling all over the place and you might have this gift and you're not using it. You might have this gift because it is a supernatural gift given only to a few people. And these people have the ability, put your hands on people, pray in faith and they will be healed. What an awesome thing that we might have in our midst, in our church and not know it. None of this happens unless you read the word, which is why I am insisting and have been insisting for the last four or five weeks. Open the word and read it and discover these great truths about God yourself. Amazing truths. Why do we live a half-hearted Christianity when we have the power to do all these things and see what the apostles did? They went out in great faith. And people say handkerchiefs. Handkerchiefs touched Paul and the people were healed. What an amazing gift it is to have. When we have meetings like this, the spirit is flowing. There you have the gifts being poured out, new gifts being poured out upon us. All it needs is a heart of faith, of belief, of saying, God, I want to do what you're asking me to do. Starting now, starting today, all these wonderful things. You want healing. God wants you to be a healer more than just being a receiver of healing. What a tremendous gift that is. I want all of you to have it. And in a way, all of us does have it because all it needs is a heart of love. And God will turn every single one of you present here into a healer. Stop damaging people. Stop hurting people. And start healing them. I'm running out of time. Very quickly, James 5:14 to 15. We did this last week. We also did it just now. We read verse 16. Somebody read verses 14 to 15.
2: Is anyone among you sick? He should summon the presbytery of the church and they should pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sin, he will be forgiven.
1: Okay, what a tremendous thing. Go to the elders of the church. The priests in our churches have so much of sacramental power at their disposal. Unfortunately, some of us don't believe, many of us don't believe, most of us don't believe. We speak about the elders of the, of the church laying their hands and anointing us with holy oil. Last week we did it. But there's a sacramental anointing that our priests have. And there's a sacrament that we have. I don't know if you've heard of it. It used to be called extreme unction, Which basically used to be given to a person just before he or she dies. Have you heard of it? But this is not something that needs to be given only to a person when he or she is dying. So whenever someone is sick, you can call a priest to your home and, and, and tell him to come with the holy oil. And ask him to pray over the person who is sick. Tell him to lay his hand on the person. and What a wonderful thing it is to have that kind of power at your disposal. And yet I want to ask you, what is, when is the last time you asked a priest to come and bless somebody who is sick in your house with holy oil? This is all reality of our faith, no? None of this that I'm teaching you should be new to any of you, but yet it is new to a lot of you. Start using it from now on. So many things, so many things we can do. Believe, believe that your priests have power. I have seen priests. I'm going to tell you a story that, no I'm not. I told you no personal stories today. Next week I'll tell you the personal stories because besides I'm running out of time. Okay, next point. Okay, very quickly, speak. Speak the word through speaking the word. Matthew 17 20, Jesus says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and the mountain will move. We also looked at Mark chapter 11, and there again Jesus says, If you believe, you speak, you say to the mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea. And if you believe without doubting, it will happen. Sister Amy has spoken about this many times, I know. Speak to your problems, speak to your illness. You know, and there are testimonies, I've heard testimonies of, of people being healed because of that. So whatever is wrong in your lives, whatever sickness you might have, whatever ailment you might have, whatever problem, since we're talking about healing today, whatever sickness, go home and tell your sickness, I want you to move out of me and go to wherever you want to go. Now don't say that, I might go and infect somebody else. Say go to hell or whatever, burn, and you will not trouble anyone else, okay? And just believe that it will be done. See what Jesus says. And does not doubt. If you say to the mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt, it will be done. Are you listening to me? Next point. Through the agreement of brothers and sisters. We all know this verse, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. The next verse says, if two of you on earth agree on anything, it will be done by our Father in heaven. Can we agree today that all of us are going to be blessed? That is all it takes. Once again, I got a hundred testimonies, but I'm not going to share them. I want us to be the testimony this time. And now there's one more thing. There's one more thing. And I have to tell it to you because I never hear it spoken in any healing seminar or any healing retreat. Through medicine. Have you heard of medicine? Have you heard of doctors? Where do doctors come from? Where does medicine come from? It all comes from God, right? And very often I hear people saying that you mustn't believe in medicine, that you mustn't put your faith in doctors, that only has to be God, so you can suffer and suffer and suffer. You're not supposed to do anything but suffer. Jesus himself said, it is not the sick who need a doctor. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. We find Paul giving Timothy a little wine to use for, As a medicine, and of course a lot of people who like drinking say, you know, see, he told us, told him to drink, he told him to drink. The reason he told him to drink is because the water that that Timothy was having was affecting his digestion and wine, and especially the wine in those days was not as potent as it is these days. And it had medicinal properties that would bring relief to Timothy's stomach. So once again, we find use of medicine in the Bible. Having said that, Most of us use medicine first in this entire list of 11 things that I spoke about. That is gonna change. You are going to keep it last. You're going to do number one, you're gonna repent, you're gonna go for confession, you're gonna go to the Eucharist, receive Jesus, say this is you, give me your healing. Two, you're gonna have faith. You're gonna have faith that God listens to your prayers. Three you are got to trust in the faith of other people. Yeah, because they also have faith. And sometimes your faith just might not be strong enough. So you're going to ask them to use their faith to pray for you. Okay, God has given us brothers and sisters. And what we need to do is to pray for one another. Okay, number five. Number four. No, 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 number five. Repent your faith, the faith of others, the prayers of others. Okay, now we're to number five. What's number five? In the name of Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, whatever you ask for in my name, it will be done for you. But you've got to believe what that name is, okay? And you've got to believe what relation you have with that name. What relation do you have? You're the son of that name. You're the child of that name. And that gives you power, the power to a dynasty, the power to an inheritance that God has given you. Number six. Lay your hands. Don't go laying your hands on everybody you meet. Okay, hey, people will think you're daft for the first thing. Yeah? You go to the office and you say, hey, you're sick, get, get, lay your hand, Let be healed. In the name of Jesus, get out, demon. Um, I think you'll, you'll make a very quick exit from your office. <laughs> yeah, but when, you're, when your family is sick, when your child is sick, please lay your hand on your child. And please say, Lord, I believe you. I trust in you. I trust in your love. Heal my child. And you'll be surprised what happens. The same story this lady had, every one of you will share. Number seven. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Mention only one, the important one related to today. Ask God for the gift of healing and the humility to use it wisely. You know, because a lot of people have the gift of healing. You know what they do? One hand goes on the head like that and the other hand comes up like this. Number, number eight. What? Use our priests. Our priests have a lot of sacramental power. They have the power to kick out devils. They have the power to anoint the sick. And if we trust God, we trust him, don't we? He says when they do it, the people are going to be healed. Number nine, speak, speak. All of you are going to practice speaking to your problems, okay? Uh, We're going to have a little session of prayer and during that prayer you're going to actually tell your problem, your sickness, your illness to get out, okay? You're going to say whatever it is, you know, lump in the breast, cancer, headache, back pain, get out. And go to the foot of the cross, never to return in me again, okay? Number ten. In agreement, to be in agreement with everybody. And I think all of us in agreement that all of us are going to be healed. Okay, so let's all stand up. I need you to pray with each other. That's all we're going to do now for five minutes. You notice I didn't say through medicine because that's after all these 10 have been tried and all these 10 have failed. That is when you go to the doctor. Father God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for my brothers and sisters who have gathered here. I want to thank you for your word, which is so powerful. I want to thank you for the hope and the confidence that it's given every one of us to truly believe, Lord, that all these are things that you have said. We've read it for ourselves. We've not taken anyone's word for it, Lord. And now, Lord, having heard what you said, we just want to ask you to do what you said you will do on our part, you already know our hearts have responded to what you've told us. And every single one of us will try to make our lives right. Every single one of us will make a good confession, especially before we reach, receive communion the next time. And if we haven't made ourselves right with you, Lord, we will sit where we are in our benches, Lord. Asking for your grace and your forgiveness and your blessings. When we believe, Lord, that once we've made that confession and approach you, you will take away everything that is wrong, and you will say the word, and we will be made well. We want to thank you for all the other things we've learned, Lord, and our faith has been strengthened. And with this new faith, not only do we pray for ourselves, we pray for our families who might, may or may not be here. We pray for our friends and all those we love, and we pray for our brothers and sisters who are in our midst. I want you very gently to reach out and just put your hand on the shoulder. On the shoulder of the person to your left and your right. Only on the shoulder. Not on the head. Don't hold their hands on the shoulder. And I'm going to pray for you. Father God, for the longest time, you have asked me to be your instrument. Your instrument of love, of power, of healing, of deliverance, and today I offer myself to you. Unworthy as I am, I believe that I'm made righteous by you, Lord. I believe that I'm made holy by the sacrifice that you made for me by your death and your resurrection. I believe that I'm made pure. And with this sense of righteousness that comes from you and not myself, I pray for my brother and sister whom I'm touching now and with my faith Lord my faith that has been built over the months over the weeks over the years I pray for complete healing over this brother and over this sister minister to them Lord you know them better than they know themselves you know if there are wounds that go back to the past you know if there are roots that go to ancestors you know whatever is wrong because you've knit them together in the mother's womb there is nothing about them you don't know and we ask you lord to reach out and bless this person who i'm touching heal this person lord whom i'm holding and through me lord let your healing power flow let your grace flow let your mind flow let your power flow let your love flow we're going to sing the song living water flow on and keep your hand on the person next to you till the song is done it's a very simple song it's a very beautiful song and let's just sing it with faith the living water is the holy spirit and the holy spirit is now going to move Again.
3: Me again, Let's cry out to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Touch us, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Heal us, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Bless us, Lord.
1: Let's sing hallelujah Return your hands to your laps Hallelujah We believe that he's a loving God. We believe he's a masterful, compassionate God. We believe that he's a God who cares about you and everything about you. We believe that he's moving here. And not just here, he's moving in your homes. He's moving in your offices. He's moving in your neighborhoods. He's moving in your parishes. He's moving everywhere you play and work and pray. And as he moves, he brings his healing to everyone you know. Healing to spirit, healing to mind, healing to heart, healing to body. He's moving the homes of those watching us on TV or on their computers. He's bringing his peace. He's bringing harmony. He's pouring out grace and mighty abundance. And in everything there is healing. Feel the healing here now. Feel him move. Feel his touch. His voice.
3: Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
1: Without a shred of doubt that you've done awesome things and amazing things in our midst so once again we want to say thank you jesus thank you father thank you holy spirit love you jesus love you father love you holy spirit praise you jesus praise you father praise you holy spirit hallelujah praise the lord Let's give the Lord a mighty round of applause, please.
0: Thank you for listening to this coverage. We hope it has blessed you. For more great content, visit our website, www.hsiweb.org, and kindly consider supporting the work we do. God bless you.